I know you're going to get married. That's the way the world is built. That is what's going to happen. Staying married? Aha! That's the problem. Are you going to stay married? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to We Have the Receipts. I'm Chris Burns. And I'm Lawrence B. Hamilton. And today we are covering the brand new Netflix reality series, Jewish Matchmaking. Yes, and matchmaker Aliza Ben Shalom works with singles both in the U.S. and Israel to try to find their forever match. And I actually get to sit down and chat with Aliza about her incredibly hard job in today's interview. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait to hear it. But before we get into it, like, how was your week, Chris? Anything crazy or fun, interesting happened to you? I feel like I have to get out of the city at least once a month <laughs> mm-hmm. or I feel like I'm drowning. It, it's like every time it gets the time gets shorter and shorter, like where when I first moved here, I would stay for like six months before I would even go upstate. Mm. And now I'm like, bitch, how long has it been <laughs> since I got out of this godforsaken city? And it'll be like three weeks. Uh, so that's where I'm at right now, like itching. Mm. New York's a lot. Plus, now you have a, a fur baby, you know. I so do. It's like I you do. need your, your quiet time with family. I mean, I take him to the dog park at least once a day because mm-hmm. if I don't, then he terrorizes me personally. He has to exercise. <laughs> yeah, just like dog park drama has been enthralling. Oh to watch i love that it's just it really is that's why i'm laughing because it's like it really is like a little social circle it's like when kids drop their i mean totally. when parents drop their kids off at the playground and all the parents talk it's that and same it's like energy. hi <laughs> hi hi tacos mom i know exactly <laughs> um which the number of dogs with names after food at the dog park there is yeah taco? so many taco nacho spaghetti what? um there was, so there's this really cute dog mm-hmm. named Penny Lane. Oh, isn't that the scary thing from... Um, That's Pennywise. It? Oh, okay, okay. But Penny Lane is this cute little, like, white dog, tiny. And the other day, she just started going crazy. Oh, no. <laughs> and usually she is so sweet playing with the dogs and was, like, attacking every dog. And this girl at the dog park was like, get Otis, Penny Lane has <laughs> lost her mind. Oh my god. Um, but another girl at the dog park, basically this little French bulldog ran into her legs and she fell like on her ass at the dog park. But the ground oh. at the dog park is obviously not something that you want. That's a fear of mine, honestly. Is that like that's a phobia because that that's almost happened to me when the dogs are running around chasing each other and then it's like they just run into your legs. Like I'm afraid I'm gonna like get hurt. If a dog ran into me at the dog park, I would never go again. <laughs> right? It's like it's I'm like kind I don't think I could scary. face the people, face the dogs, the other dog park parents ever again. Otis, I couldn't face Otis looking at me like you embarrassed Penny me. Penny Lane giving you the eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Penny Lane ripping my throat out as soon as I fall. <laughs> um, but what's going on with you? Anything exciting? Um, actually, I'm pretty excited. I am going to dinner with a friend tonight. She was in like the limited series Swarm. Her name is Dominique Fishback. I'm really excited because it it's so random, but I was like, I'm a fan of yours. Yeah, that's so exciting. She follows me and I'm like, God, but what do we talk about? You know, it's kind of like one of those things, like kind of nervous. That's how I get my social anxiety is so bad yeah. that it's like, even if someone really 
that I love mm-hmm. that I haven't met in real life ask me to dinner, I feel like my mind immediately starts like, I have to come up with an excuse right? not to do this. You don't want that awkward silence when you're sitting there and it's like, so, <laughs> you know, it's like just awkwardness. Yeah. But she asked you, so... Right. So That's it should a be big cool. deal. Yeah, it should be fun. That'll be cool. Is there anyone, like, who would be your number one celeb? Dinner. You have to get dinner. Uh, and it's like, mm-hmm. you have to get appetizers. You have to get dinner. Like the full gambit. The full gambit. There's, like, multiple drinks being had. Oh, my God. Dead or alive? Mm. Dead or alive. God, it will have to be somebody I can, like, learn from, you know? I know. That's how... There's, like, certain people where I'm, like, I don't want to meet them until we're at the same... I want to meet his equals. Yeah. <laughs> like, not as a fan. Yeah. Who would you... That's, like, kind of a hard question. Because that's, like, you know... I always would, say Amelia Earhart because I want to be like, Where'd you go, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Like solve one Where of the world's mysteries. Yes. Um, although she's probably just dead in the ocean, right? Probably. Um, <laughs> I also just watched Titanic for the first time. What? That movie scarred me. Watch it again. I think the scars will be no. removed. Are you kidding? I can't believe you just watched. You're like 20, 30 years late. I know. <laughs> and the funny thing is, have I ever told you about when I met Kate Winslet? No, you met Kate Winslet? So when I was like 16, my cousins, my aunt and uncle had like a lake house. Mm-hmm. My rich aunt and uncle had a lake, <laughs> house. Well, lake house. Um, And they shared a dock with the neighbor. And so when we were there visiting, they were like, as we're on the dock, my cousin was like, oh, the neighbors are coming down and they're like famous. So don't be weird. <laughs> And it so was the Kate first Winslet. Thing was like, oh my <laughs> Literally, god! It was Kate Winslet and Sam Mendes, like the director. What? And her husband at the time, and they were like teaching their kids how to swim and stuff. <gasps> um, but I Rose. hadn't seen Titanic, and I was sixteen, so like it didn't really oh. register. And that was pretty because what year did Titanic come out? This was probably like ninety like, four. Okay, so yeah, I mean, she was very famous at yeah, the time. Yeah, I was gonna say I would ask her like. Why didn't you let Jack get up on that damn door? Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, watching Titanic, I'm like, not even that. It's the kicker is when the the boat's coming to, like, find survivors. And she's mm-hmm. like, Jack, Jack, it's here. I'm like, bitch, he's been bobbing like a popsicle for the past three hours. You're oh almost my- frozen to death. What Jack, do you think he is? Wake up, Jack. Like, Meanwhile, girl, I'm like, his, like, head's he just, like, hours ago. cracks off. because. <laughs> Oh my god! I and still then, can't go on cruises from that movie. I really can't. Which, ironically, you know, I freelance for the cruise lot. The oh, one, right. so and you decided to watch Titanic. <laughs> Interesting. Um, <laughs> and then the other part, I'm like the very end with the old lady when she throws the thing into the ocean. <laughs> Why I'm was like, that you <laughs> dizzy bitch! <laughs> like this guy is crying. He's like, it's been three years. My whole life, I've been looking for this thing, and she's like. Well, it was lost back then. <laughs> and it's in her bag. I know. Uh, um, that throw was kind of like, I mean, even though she was like 100 or something, but she's like, it's like I the sound. Know. Which also, I'm like, that woman's like 75. And we're supposed yeah. to believe she's 110. So I guess someone from the Titanic also. 
What's that? So you, yeah. The captain, maybe. Paint me like the French girls. Which, out of spite, I'm like, he could have walked in the door at any moment, her fiance, during yeah, that scene. Yeah, right? So, lots of questions. I do... Mm. I would like to, I lurk learning about kinds of things like that, I guess. Like historic things. Um, Beyonce. Everyone always says Beyonce, but I'm like. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I feel like dinner with Beyonce would be, I'm scared to say whack because beehive. But I just feel like it wouldn't be a lot of, she doesn't give me like, she's going to be real during the dinner. I feel like she'll be quiet eating her food. Like. Yeah. Like Beyonce be texting her um yeah like assistant the whole time right you know even though i love beyonce but if i had to do dinner with anybody i don't think it would be her i still don't know i have to think about that that's a loaded question maybe like somebody i could yeah because i'm like any of like my big favorite actresses even Mm. although maybe meryl streep she seems like she'd be easy to talk to yeah she does she seems like really down to earth i would say oprah but i feel like oprah is so wealthy or just be like i don't know half the things that she's talking about (laughs) oprah if we can go at her garden oh yes with her exotic squashes that she has yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and gail's like sitting and like is that gail sitting at the next table i know like like, she can join us (laughs) (laughs) but okay should we get into what we're here for we went off on the whole sand but that's okay that's That's okay So, guys, Jewish Matchmaking is a new series. It's from the producers of Indian Matchmaking. There's singles in the U.S., all over the U.S., and Israel, also in multiple places in Israel, as they turn their dating life over to a top Jewish matchmaker, which, you know, there's a whole um, spectrum of Judaism and how you Mm -hmm. practice and whether you're Orthodox or you know, not practicing. So it's kind of a test. Will using the traditional practices of dating help them find their soulmate in today's world? But I'm going to talk to Aliza, the matchmaker, who has been called the Jewish dating guru for her 20-year successful career guiding singles through the steps to become engaged, regardless of age, affiliation, stage in life. It's really something. There are people in the show Mm -hmm. that I... I'm rooting for and really love. There are people in the show who I think need a wake-up check. I think Aliza is very good about not judging anybody. I thought so, too, because I feel like that would be one of the hardest things about being a matchmaker is, like, hearing somebody say something and then you want to be like, "Mm -mm, mm mm-mm. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Especially the first couple people we meet, like Ori, for example, who he lives in LA, he still lives with his parents, he works for his parents' company, and his whole thing is, I only date beautiful women. She has to have blue eyes, blonde hair, and big tits. Yeah, exactly. She has to, like, be able to talk and hold her own. Like, dude. It's also, I'm like, he goes on the date with um, Adi, who's, like, beautiful, they go horseback riding, and he says, I only date, like, if she had blue eyes or blonde hair or bigger, Uh uh-uh. I'd be more attracted to her. And I'm like, you do live with your parents. Let's let's point out right. the And yes, you're employed by your mother, so Yeah. It was hard for me to be kind of on his side. Yeah. Cuz he also kept being like, uh, this I'm not a douchebag. I'm not a douchebag. Kind of. But like a little bit. She's coming off like that a little bit. Um was there anybody that you were like rooting for? Hmm. 
Hmm, who was I rooting for? I thought that Harmony was an interesting quirky. She is interesting though. Yeah, she's she was a quirky woman. She kind of gave me Chelsea from Love is Blind vibes, but like Yeah, she was like obsessed with unicorns. She's 44. She was obsessed with shrooms. Yes, exactly. She was dating like, you know, the older men, even though I thought that they kind of kept pairing her with older men when she said that she wanted to date younger men. But yes. um yeah, I thought that she kind of caught my attention because she seemed so like bubbly and fun. And I will say like watching this show, I learned a lot about just, you know, Jewish culture and dating. And like you said, the different religious practices. For me, this was very educational. Yeah. You know, I was watching it, watching people date and fall in love, but I was really just learning about like the customs and yeah. how they go about doing things. So I enjoyed that aspect too. I thought the the custom of Shomar Shomar Nagaya, which is like no touching for oh yes the first until you like get married, right? Yeah. So there's we meet Cindy who lives in Israel, and she is like of the belief, and Aliza explains it, and Will in the interview more, but like mm-hmm. that no touching for the first five dates, no handshakes, nothing. But Faye, who is um like very orthodox it's no touching mm. ever until you get married and Eliza said at her own wedding like they met were married three weeks later and the first time that her and her husband touched was after he smashed the glass with his foot and then they Brushed held hands her, yeah and she was like and it's just amazing and you feel like so much and I'm like but what if you don't feel much <laughs> I was thinking that like what if the physical aspects of the relationship just isn't there, you know? Yeah. I also, Cindy, who lived in Israel, she said no abs, no Cindy when she was... (laughs) There was, like, a lot of people who had things that I was like, what are you even talking about? Like, your standards, I feel like you have to be on the same kind of standard of what you're requesting. I feel like that's just kind of fair right if you want somebody who is making you know a decent amount of money if you want somebody whose body's like boom bam bam you should at least be on your way to that yeah you know so you could be kind of equally yoked you can't be judging people for not having what you don't have um well that was also um nexia who lived in kansas who kept Mm -hmm. being like I want to date anyone that doesn't live in Kansas. Just get me the fuck out of Kansas. I'm also like, just move. I know. Move somewhere You don't have to meet someone who she was like, I I don't like fat guys. Yes. (laughs) She's like, I know I'm fat, but like, I don't like it on guys. Which I was, it was a very honest take, I guess. Yeah. I thought that like after her date, when she was like, I really like him. And then it cut and the matchmaker was like, yeah, he wasn't really... Feeling her. Like, like, feeling her like that. I was like, damn. That's... Uh, I felt bad. But she does meet someone that she likes in, I think, Mm -hmm. um, the last episode. She goes on a date and things go well. Because she's obsessed. He brings her flowers and she, like, loves it. Which I'm like, Mm -hmm. don't bring me flowers on a date. What the fuck am I supposed to do with them? (laughs) Right, you gotta carry them around. What did you think about Stuart? I felt for Stuart. You felt for Stuart. I liked Stuart. I think... We've all, I'm afraid I'm going to be Stuart, I think is the, the general. <laughs> no. no. Um, I hope things work out with him in the second date he went on because he goes on a yeah. couple of she, dates. 
the last date, she was feeling them. I wish I could have, like, the show could have given us a little closure to what happened with him. Because I was curious. Yeah. The the comedian, I think her name was Pamela. But I did like that Aliza had different, like, dating rules that they would pop up. Like, when it's not a firm no, it's a yes. When in doubt, go out. <laughs> um, which is an interesting take, where she's like, if you're not positive why you don't want to be on a date with them, go on another one. Which, how did, what do you think about that? I thought that that was actually kind of interesting because it's like, well, what are you basing off not liking them about? Maybe it's something that could grow. So I was like, I kind of, I can't, that's not a bad rule. Yeah. That's not a bad rule. I mean, what is going on one more date hurt, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I think that this show, they really lay things out there, which I Mm -hmm. like. I mean, any baggage they have, they're like quick to be like, I have this, this, this. You're also telling a third party. So it's kind of like you can't lie unless you're really good at it. Do you feel like, because, you know, watching this, the parents, some of the parents had like a big say in, you know, if they will move forward or not. Do you feel like, you could have your family that involved in your dating or married life. I feel like we kind of talked about this before, but... Yeah, I mean, I don't think my family would want to be... That involved? We're not like that. Like, we're just not... Like, follow your heart. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) it's not even, like, a gay thing. It's like, we... Mm -hmm. They they are not like that with my brothers either. Like, Uh... we're just not very... Um, so who are you like seeing what's going on? You have to date someone being said, I guess if my parents were ever like, you have to go on a date with this person, I would be like, okay, because it's so unusual of them (laughs) to Mm, say that. to like fix you up. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I feel maybe if your parent is always doing that, I would kind of be reluctant. Um, what did you think of the engagement to marriage timelines where they would be like, okay, I want, you know, two weeks dating, two weeks engaged, marry. Yeah. I mean, I thought that that was kind of like, I don't know. I don't think you should like put a box on things like that. But if you're, you feel like you got a deadline, like you got to get those eggs cracked and those babies out, you know, I don't know. But yeah. I don't know. I don't think that I... But then again, I got married on a freaking reality show within two months. So who am I to say? Yeah. You know, well, that's the thing, lines? too. I was thinking of that, actually, because I'm like... I had a friend whose parents were only together three weeks before they got married. And, like, on oh. their wedding tape, you can hear people say, like, this... Too soon. Like, I give it six oh, months and stuff. What? On their wedding tape? Um... Yes, from like 25 years ago. And they've been married now for, Dang. I guess, even longer than that. Because, yeah, they must be married for at least 35 years or something now. Way to prove those people wrong. Yeah, I mean, then, like, my roommate dated her <laughs> her um, boyfriend and fiancé for like eight years. And they got divorced in like six months. So, wow. you never know, <laughs> I wow. guess. Yeah, you really don't know. I feel like I loved about this show at the very beginning, they talk to like older couples Mm -hmm. before the credits. And it's like, we've been together for 65 years and we dated for three weeks Yeah, at the time and stuff. So I enjoy that aspect of the show too, because it's kind of like, this is what it could be, but you're at this stage right now. Yeah. So it's a cool transition. It was really cool. But I think that, 
the best thing we can do is interview Aliza because she is mm-hmm. so interesting and really has such a knowledge. She's dedicated her whole life to this. So yeah. please welcome Aliza Ben Shalom. So you've been an international matchmaker for a long time. How did you end up, I guess, how did you end up in matchmaking to begin with? I think as a young person, I was always interested in relationships and I was always watching. I was a people watcher, you know, one of those people that just stands in the side of the room and is checking everybody out. And I had two young kids and I was tired of having baby talk. And I was like, I just, I need to do something in the world, but I can't leave my house. I have little people. And I found an online matchmaking site and they're like, hey, we're looking for matchmakers. I was like, oh, pick me. I want to do this. And I jumped in with two feet. And never looked back. And that was 2007. Wow. I was going to say, one thing leads to another because I feel like matchmaking is one thing, but you matchmake like people from all over the world. What's the most difficult thing about, say, you have someone in Tel Aviv that would be perfect for someone in L.A.? Is that ever a thing? It's totally a thing. And it's not a problem unless both sides are anti-long distance. So if somebody's like, oh, I don't want to do long distance, I'm like, great, we'll just set you up with a local human. And other than that, you don't go outside your county. But in terms of long distance, either A, somebody has to be very willing to travel very frequently, like once a month. And B, somebody's going to have to be willing to move. So if there's zero flexibility with moving, then we don't even bother getting started. It's just not worth it. Yeah, that my best friend did is married to a they live in Scotland now, but they like met while he was here and did long distance for like five years from New York to Scotland. So before I was like, that could never work. But I'm like, I did see that you just have to be really in it, I guess, right? Is the best way. Cause I'm like, she would always have like her phone next to her bed so that <laughs> he could like call her before he was going to work you and totally things like that. Totally have to be committed to the process. And we usually need somebody who's either the morning person or the night person, right? Cause somebody mm. on one end always ends up with an inconvenient time. So you need, yes. you need somebody who's like, Aliza, I want love. Anywhere in the world matters not. No matter. matters that they match me, not my location. I'm like, okay. Game on. I can do that. I love that. And I also would like to be with someone like that because I'm like, I know that they're really here for the right Exactly. Thing. Yeah, they're not just hanging out with you because you're convenient and you're just around the corner and it's no big deal. I don't have anybody else, so I may as well be with you. They actually picked you and they like you. Yeah. So true. And you call in the show, you say this is the hardest job in the world. And I imagine that there's a lot of things that pose challenges. What do you see, I guess, the most often as the most challenging part of being a matchmaker? I have to get people on board and they have to buy into me before we can do anything with the process. So I think the initial challenge is earning somebody's trust right away and showing them this is so much more than business, right? When we're talking about the business of love, We're really talking about love that happens to be something that I also do for a job, but it's really love. And getting somebody to buy into me is is my first match, I call it. I'm like, listen, you and I, we have to get along. And if you like me and I like you and I think I can help you, that's the first match. And then I can really go out there and make your match. 
Mm. Do you have, when you're meeting um, clients who you might be working with, are there any red flags you look out for for someone who you would not want to work with after meeting with them? Great question. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't like working with people that are still processing the past. So many people, you could probably think of five immediately as I say this, have a lost love or a broken heart about someone that they're over, but they're not really over them. Yeah. And when you're not really over someone or something, there's still hope. And it doesn't matter how much hope there is. It could be teeny, weeny, 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 little bit of hope, right? But it's not a teeny, weeny, little bit of hope to me. It's a comparison to everybody else you meet. And I'm never going to find anything that measures up to your vision of this incredible human that satisfied so much for you, even if it didn't work. Even if they broke your heart, you would still rather open your heart to them again than to trying somebody new, or you pretend like that doesn't matter, but really it does. So I I like that we heal broken hearts. I have a whole process dating detox, and we work through that. And if we can heal a broken heart— then fine, we can move on. And if we can't heal a broken heart, we do mystery in your history and we look back and, and we examine the broken heart and we maybe reopen a match, which by the way, it's my favorite way to do matchmaking, reopening a match that once was to see if it could be for the future. Yeah. See, you're like a therapist and a matchmaker in one. That's uh, that's more <laughs> Except than not <laughs> qualified as a therapist, but I, you know, lean on on the heartstrings, the head and the heart. I'm I'm a combination yeah. of a matchmaker, and we work with the head and the heart. I feel like we do see in the show someone who, I'm trying to remember, I think Cindy, who seemed a little still hung up on an ex, and I feel like you pinpointed that pretty soon in the process. Yes, we talked about that. And she, you know, we we struggled with it. You see our struggle with that in the show where she really felt like, no, it's okay. I got it. I'm over. But then she spoke so warmly and so lovingly yeah. about him. And so she, I think she did do the work to heal. And at the same time, had the circumstances been great, she probably could have moved ahead. And there's just, there was something, I wasn't there for that part, you know, that was so yeah. long before I walked in the picture. But that that's a great example of a relationship that I would have loved to have gone back. And that's where I would have wanted to make my match. Yeah, totally. Because yeah, I feel like there's wanting to be over someone and actually when it comes down to it because I think she even admits in like her confessionals that she is without even realizing it um comparing her yes. current dates to her ex and that's so normal. I mean that's something you can't control yeah no it's so so normal for us to compare one to the other it's our most recent experience and it's our most beloved one unless unless it's the opposite <laughs> then it's our most recent <laughs> and most horrible which makes the other person look amazing compared to what you just went through also not a good thing <laughs> comparisons are really rough so the jewish dating to engagement marriage timeline seems to move pretty quickly once it gets started what would you say to someone who is outside of the community who would maybe pass judgment or be afraid, maybe somebody who is Jewish, not as traditionally, who is afraid of that sort of timeline, what would you say to them? There is no timeline except your timeline. So I can share wisdom about the Jewish process. I can share ideas about 
when a couple should or maybe could move ahead. I do think everybody's an individual. I do think that there is not one timeline. There is, you know, this due date that I call it, D-E-W, dating, engagement, wedding. But that timeline to get from dating to wedding for everybody is different. But if you ask me universally, like, hey, Lisa, can you just make a rule up and it'll fit anybody? I think that within six months of dating somebody seriously and knowing them, I don't care if you're secular or religious. If you are a human being, you don't even have to be Jewish. If you're a human being in this world, within six months, if you date properly, you have enough information to know I could pick them. Whether you want to move ahead or you don't, fine, that's up to you. But by six months, we really shouldn't be questioning any longer if this is my person, if we've dated the right way. And you also use, I think, date them till you hate them. Is that right? Or am I That is it. Date them till you hate them. (laughs) And that's kind of in the same vein, right? Yes. Um, A little bit different. Like what we just discussed is like clarity. Like, la, I know this is my person. Date them till you hate them is like the beginning of the process, which most people, they're like, I got to know. Like, you know what? We went out. There was no chemistry. We're done. There was, we had one moment. Ooh, I didn't like what they said. We're done. I'm like, wait a minute, one moment on one date, you're all of a sudden it ruined it, but we only had one moment. If you went out five times, maybe one date would have been bad and four would have been great. We don't even know. You didn't didn't expand the timeline to see somebody. No, no, I made a judgment. I know. I said, listen, I'm super intuitive and I know people also, but I also (laughs) know humans. And I think that we should give ourselves a chance to let our eyes catch up to our hearts and our brains because we're not always in sync. We might like what we see. Ooh, I'm invested. But on the inside, eh. Or we might like how we feel. And on the outside, I'm looking at it going, do I have to go out again? But really, you're like, <laughs> oh, but I like them. But they, but they feel, it's like, oh, I feel so comforted around them. And when we let time pass, we see the real truth, not just of who somebody is, but of our experience of them and if this could work or couldn't work. And most people jump the gun. So date them till you hate them. If you don't hate them, Give, give yourself time to go through that process. Totally. Which I also think we see in the show a bit. We see like um, Harmony go on a date with a guy that she's like, he's everything I know I should I know. <laughs> like. And I just I don't love- know why. And then I, I think <laughs> she goes on another date and she's like, yeah, it's just like, I, I really liked her as well. I thought that she had, um, oh. I really liked her openness to the process. That's what I love about Harmony. She was totally willing to turn everything over. Like, that's what I was talking about in the beginning of this trust, right? I walked in the door. She's like, hi. She gave me a hug immediately. She put me at ease. And from that minute on, right away, I had just met her. She was crying. She was telling me about her family. And, And I wanted to teach her how to date in a little bit of a different way so that hopefully we can get different results. And she was so open. It was really incredible. And she didn't just say, oh, no, forget it. I know myself. She wasn't like that. She was growth oriented. Most people were like that in the show. It was such a pleasure to meet people. And maybe, I mean, they're like that, but I'm like that. So like, I feel like that's, that's part of the buy-in. I get them on board and then they follow my process of growing within themselves. And whether we match right then or later on, I know the tools that I give them are going to help them. Yeah, totally. Where I'm like, there's a maturity there where there is some clients, like for example, we see Ori who... I think you cringe too a bit when he's talking about how the most important thing to him is looks and his like obsession with blonde hair and blue eyes. And even when he's on the date in his um, like interview confessionals where he's saying, 
she's so perfect. She's this, but I wish that she had blue eyes and blonde hair. (laughs) How do you deal with somebody who's so set in their ways? So for me, I like to hear everybody out. I, I always, I want to know what you want. I want to help you figure, you know, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I want you to figure that <laughs> out. And then I want you to share it with me and I want you to be real. And I'm not going to be negatively judgmental. I'm just going to understand yeah. so that I could present something. And Ori and I had a breakthrough. We, we really had a heart to heart by the end. And I also ask permission to share things. So I didn't just want to tell Mm. him, oh, you should do this, like this. And if you try that, you get better results. I said, is it okay? Would you mind if I share something with you? You know, I'm, okay, we're going to try to get this look. Yeah, put that aside for just a second. I know it's yours. It's important, the most important. Leave it there. And I want to make sure you show up, that you're really present in this moment, that you're going to have something good to say. Like, you've got to bring you to the table. Let me bring out the best side of you. And I think he really took that to heart. And I think you see at the end, like, a transformation of, like, ah, yeah, there's something to this, and I'm I'm going to try to be present. I'm going to really try to be there. And I'm not, I'm not, by the way, I'm never asking my client, give up what you want. You don't have to give up what you want. might take us longer to find it. And you might have to understand that what you want might come with other things that you don't want, but we can get you the things on your top priority list. Yeah. But be open also to being present in this process. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna fixate on the thing that he said only. I want him to transform through that experience. And a lot of times I like with the physical attractiveness, it's you think you want something until you have it. And then you're like, oh, this person is just not who I think, which brings us to the term that you use also. And I guess as a term in Jewish dating, um, Shomar Nagaya of like not touching. Do you want to explain that a bit? Because I feel like that is a really interesting topic in the show, too. Totally a hot button, and it drives people crazy. So <laughs> Shomer Nagia talks about guarding touch and not having men and women touching as they're dating and not introducing the physical element of your relationship. For mm. in, in observant Judaism, it's not until after the wedding. You know, I, I said mm-hmm. in... Um, in my own relationship and as I was dating, the first time I touched my husband was after I broke the glass. He broke the glass under the chuppah and he held yeah. my hand. And I'm like, oh, oh he's holding my hand. Oh, my. <laughs> like, I'm like doing a little dance. <laughs> so Shomer Nagia, the best thing that it does is it lets me see somebody who is on the inside and it confirms that they like who I am on the inside. So a lot of people are like, I don't know if they mm. like me. I mean, I think I like them, but I'm not sure, but it could be, but... It, it, t- it, it disappears. If you hung out with them for five dates and you didn't touch them, especially in the se- secular world, especially, yeah. of course they like you. What else, why else yeah, are they yeah. with you? They're, not, <laughs> they're getting nothing else from you. I know, a, I know 100%. You know 100%. They know 100%. They like you enough to hang out with you without touching you for five dates. Wow. Now I'm impressed okay, you know, at least, you know, and so I give people, I call it a five date challenge. Try it for five dates. I know you might not do it until marriage, but five dates. It does make sense because I mean, they always say that the best relationships start as friendships and things like that. And is that because you're not, you know, physically intimate with your friends? Okay. I think you, you just like light bulb moment here. I never described (laughs) it like that. And I never compared it to that. And I think it's pure genius. 
That, <laughs> and I love friendships that turn into relationships. I adore that yeah. for that exact reason, because I know they love you and I know they care about you and I know you care about them. We just don't know if we have the romantic spark. But when you introduce touch later and connection later, based on a strong foundation of you're a human that I could spend my life with, that I enjoy no matter what, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. It's the best. It really, like my parents have been married like 45 years and been together since they were 16. No. But my dad was best friends with my mom's brother first, like growing up. He knew the family. So, and like, it's a good, uh, yeah, oh. base. Which, speaking of family, a lot of people would be very stressed out to have the family so involved in the dating process. What do you think are the biggest positives of having the family so involved from the get? When family is involved, I know that they live in the world as a family. Like, I don't have somebody who's just a loner, who mm -hmm. doesn't have any community, doesn't have family. They're just secluded from the world. So the benefit that people usually have is objectivity because they can share information with people and they can get different perspectives and they can talk out their thinking. And they have people that really know them and they can say, ooh, you know, your behavior when you're with this one, oh, kind of arrogant. Like your, your whole persona mm. changed. Oh, but when you're with them, oh, my gosh, you're so wonderful and happy. I notice you're happy. And I think family is a good reflection to you. Like you could kind of look in the mirror through your family and see what's going on. And that can help you to understand yourself within the context of your relationship. Yeah, totally. And also, I guess, takes out that stress of, if people who are dating for like a year and they're like, well, I just don't know if my family's going to like, like them. <laughs> you that's know? It. We knocked that out early on. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, that's, yeah, that would be a deal breaker. So I guess after a year, it's a wasted year if you don't, you know? Um, and we've seen the show. I loved the show. A lot of the outcomes of the matches were not revealed because we see like into the dates, we don't get to see like into a year. Is there anyone that you know of on the show that is still together? Are you still working with anybody from the show? Or are you not allowed to say? I think I'm not allowed. I think I'm not allowed to say, but I am allowed to say that I am still in touch with and um, I connect with all of the people that I work with. We developed an incredibly oh, positive relationship. Um, I always have my eye out for them. So if anybody's like, oh, I love them, you can either contact them or contact me. <laughs> if uh, if they're still single, we'll let you know. I love. I bet that will happen too, especially with like social media nowadays. It's so easy to find people from. It's the best TV shows. And oh, it's stuff. really. I I know this from another show that I worked on, and it was afterwards the two directors who were also in the show found their oh my match. Gosh. And I said to them, I was like, was it easier or harder to date? Now you're famous. And they're like, well, we had lots of options. So we just had a, <laughs> a good matchmaker. We had to sift through them and it was so much easier. And, and they both got married after their shows came out. So I was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. You must've been to a lot of weddings, uh, in your day, huh? I have. I had when my <laughs> kids, you know, I have five children. And so mm. I, when I had the first, the second, yeah, I could leave my husband home with a kid or two and run out. And then by the third, okay. Yeah. By the fourth, my husband's like, I love you, sweetheart. <laughs> Enough with the wedding. Send them a, <laughs> yeah. a note and send them a gift. And, and I can't, you got to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. That's like, if you have to go to someone's, you have to go to everyone's. I, know, I would also be like, thing. sorry, it's a rule. <laughs> I've had people ask me, can you walk me down the aisle? Come be with me in the back room. Oh. Talk me through it. I mean, I've literally <laughs> held their hand to get them to the chuppah. 
And so you've been doing this for so long. What was your initial thought process when you were approached about doing the show? I had seen Indian matchmaking and, of course, binge-watched the whole thing. I was like, oh my gosh, this is just like us. We do the same thing. This is, oh my, I love this. This is incredible. And then when I was approached, I was like, yes, I know you produced an incredible show that I loved. And it was, to me, look, I know my culture. I don't know all these other cultures in the world, but I think that they did a good job representing a large, broad, you know, group and and in a really beautiful way. And I was thinking, oh, I wish they would do this for the Jewish people. And when I heard about the show, I was like, yes, yes, pick me, please. (laughs) Totally. I think it's such an interesting take on reality TV now that we're seeing things like this as opposed to the past of just like dramatic reality TV shows that are there for the drama. It's so nice to see now more and different shows that show us different cultures and give us the like excitement of dating and stuff. Yeah, and for me, this being reality TV really is real. Like I'm not an actress. This I'm, that's not my full-time job. My jo- yeah. full-time job is matchmaking. I'm real and I'm authentic and I'm present and I'm you the process that you saw when I first went in for my very first interview, I said to them like, "What do you want me to do?" Like, you know, give me a little bit of direction. And they said to me, whatever you normally do. I was like, you don't even know what I do. <laughs> like, you know, you know? And, and they said, whatever you do, that's what we're going to film. And I was like, yes, yeah. yes. You, you. So what you see, that's exactly what I do. You see a snippet of it. We were there for an hour and a half and that's what we do. We have intake meetings and interviews and we get to know people heart and soul. They're always crying. I am always carrying tissues with me when I'm having <laughs> meetings because people open up their hearts and they, they say, I'm ready for love. And and they're, they're authentic and they're real about it. And I want you to help me. Yeah, it's so nice to watch. What are you most excited for the world to see when this show premieres? I think that Jewish values and Judaism, some people can think of it like, oh, it's old, it's traditional, it's archaic, it's kind of out of date. And what I want them to see, no, it's not. It's as relevant as it's ever been. Jewish values, Jewish traditions, they're alive. There is so much wisdom in Torah and in Judaism. And it's not just for Jewish people. Anybody can watch this and learn something, walk away, and either if they're single, do it for themselves, or if they're helping somebody who's single, take one of those quotables and apply it to their lives. And it's real. It's Judaism is alive. It's living today. And we're in the modern world. We're not, yeah. you know, like hidden on a mountain somewhere far, far away. Like we are here and we are integrated and we have so much wisdom to share. I do. And I think it is really great to see because I think that you do take people who have more traditional beliefs and people who maybe aren't currently practicing and really show them like the meeting of the minds in the middle of we're all at the end of the day just looking for love. (laughs) It's so it. Everybody is just looking for love and we're just looking for the right person or the right people in our lives to help us. And if you haven't been able to find it on your own, it's not like a problem. It shouldn't be like a stigmatism. Like, no, 
Go to a matchmaker. Of course, why not? It, you get your taxes done. Do you, some people, if you're into it, you can do your taxes, but I'm not a tax expert. I have an accountant, right? So if you're not a law if expert, If I did my own hire, taxes, I'd be in prison, yeah. <laughs> right, hire a matchmaker. If you're not an, a love expert, bring somebody in who is, who, the, the goal for me, I always tell people, it's not about getting you married. I know you're going to get married. That's the way the world is built. The blueprint of creation is such that people should meet each other, get married, and build beautiful families. That is what's going to happen. Staying married? Aha! That's the problem. Are you going to stay married? So really in the dating relationship process, everybody thinks I'm doing dating coaching. I'm not. I'm doing pre-marriage coaching before you even meet somebody to make sure that the person that you do pick, you know how to live with. That's, to me, the meat of it. Yeah. I mean, I love it. Fixing it from the root instead of trying to fix one of the branches, I think is exactly. yeah, uh, universal. And on the show, we see you talk about your own love story a bit. Knowing what you do, knowing what you know now and everything you've learned from being a mac- matchmaker and a coach, would you have done anything differently for yourself back when you were still dating? Oh, this is like into the life of Elisa. Okay. I'll tell you a secret. <laughs> Okay, so our dating process was short. I grew up secular, and I became more traditional um, in my early 20s. And I loved this dating process. It made so much sense to me. And when I met my husband, for me, it was very clear. Obviously, this is my industry, so I'm a little bit of an expert here. And I knew it right away. And we got engaged after three weeks of dating. And for me, it was okay. For my husband, it was okay. Even for his parents, it was okay because he was older than I was and they were like ready to have a kid married. (laughs) But for my family, I'm the oldest and I was the first one to get married. And so the timeline was shocking. It was like, like, (laughs) it was like an earthquake with ripple effects that it was a little challenging to navigate. And if I look back and I go, could I have done something different? I probably would have said I could have extended the dating timeline before engagement. And and the engagement period, we were engaged for four months in, in the religious world. It's not so long. I mean, we could have made it six months. You know, maybe the whole process could have been either six, eight, whatever, a, li- a little bit longer. Um, and I think that would have helped my family to adjust a little bit easier but we're, we're, I'm extremely close with my family. We got through it. But if like looking back and going, hmm, how could I fix my problems? You know, I'm not perfect. I'm a human, not an angel. I probably would have done it a little bit differently. But at the end of the day, I mean, how long have you been married now? 20 years. 20 years and five kids. So it's, it seems like it all worked out just like it should. Yeah, 20 years, five um, kids, one cute dog and an international move to Israel. <laughs> I mean, and working internationally and, working, and yeah. a soon-to-be TV show. I mean, <laughs> not so bad, eh? is, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's a pretty good resume. Um, so for my last question, I'm sure you've answered this a million times, but what do you think is the secret to finding the right person? Or do you think there's not a secret? It's just... What I've said to people, and I'll talk this through for a moment, is never give up. Meaning... Even if you give up hope, okay, I'm going to say, oh, I'm despair. Give up hope. Fine. Borrow my hope. You have my permission. The entire world has my permission. Borrow my hope. Know that I know the way the world was created. Your person is here. You didn't find them. You're not supposed to find them right away. It takes time. You found the wrong one. You divorced them. No problem. It doesn't mean there's not another one. You can have a soulmate. 
but only one at a time, right? So you get married, that's your one. (laughs) You get divorced, it's fine. You got another one, that's your one, but only one at a time. They are here. And I'm, I'm telling you, there is a guarantee your person is here. They're living, they're breathing, they exist in this world. And slow down, take a few deep breaths, send yourself on vacation, know that, and then go look for them and never stop looking if you really want it. If you don't want it, you want to just do your life and your work and your family and your other things, and it's not your top priority, everybody does what they do. But if you really want it, never, ever, ever give up, but send yourself on vacation once in a while. I love that. And I know that watching this show, I definitely left with a renewed hope of finding uh, someone because I feel like, yes, it was. it's definitely a universal message. And I think the advice of taking yourself on vacation to recharge, that's yeah, going to be a fan favorite as well. <laughs> that's it. Aliza, the doctor it's... of love, gives you a prescription. You must go on vacation, Chris. Goodbye. I'm sending you. <laughs> See you later. Oh, I'm excited. And come back with new hope. Thank you so much. I love the show. I know everybody else is going to. And thank you so much for talking to me. I think that what you do is amazing and it's so fun to watch. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to be here. So what are your thoughts on this new show? Do you like it as much as Indian matchmaking? Do you like it less than Indian matchmaking? Is there any other matchmaking cultures that you would like to see? DM me at Fat Carrie Bradshaw. Or me at Need for L Speed. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to We Have the Receipts wherever you're listening from right now. Today's episode of We Have the Receipts is a production of Netflix and Spoke Media, where your hosts, Chris Burns. And Morris B. Hamilton. Our producer is Kelly Kolf, and our executive producers are Carson McCain, Aliyah Tavakolian, Keith Reynolds, and Brigham Mosley. Our engineer is Evan Arnett. And a huge thank you to our guest this week, Aliza Ben Shalom. See you all later. <laughs> <laughs>